before we get started with the sermon, just a brief reminder for those who have uh, wanting to take part in the, the new small group study we're doing on the seven seals, the seven seals of Revelation, um, which cover the four living uh, creatures and the, the uh, four horsemen of the apocalypse as well. Uh, and also, interestingly enough, one of the prophecies uh, one of the prophecies in the seven seals uh, is addressed to no one other than your church. How interesting that, that after all these years, God would have one of the prophetic messages in the seven seals to your denomination after 2,000 years of just waiting. So if, um, if you'd like to be a part of that, we've just started it Wednesdays right here. Wednesdays from 6.45 to 8.15 with free babysitting. Uh, the f- a few of you have, are not able to make it, but you uh, want to participate. It's also online. And so if you're one of those people uh, that isn't able to make it here, but you want to follow along online, that's on our website. I think also maybe on YouTube. Um, and so if you're one of those people, um, just let me know because I've got handouts here so you can have those handouts. You can follow along at home if you're not able to make it here in person, uh, or if you had any questions about it as well. So it's Wednesday night, 6.45 to 8.15. With that, let's uh, have a word of prayer as we continue. Father in heaven, thank you for being um, with us here to help our minds to to focus on you and and, uh, be reminded of what what you're sharing through the book of Ephesians And we ask that you would just continue to help us to hear you so that you can make a bigger impact on our life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you open with me in your Bibles or your smartphone or tablets to Ephesians. Ephesians as we continue through our series. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 through 20. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 through 20. Paul writes, Pray at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak." Ephesians 6, 18 through 20. <clears throat> when the Apostle Paul lived in Ephesus, <clears throat> he often reminded them of these things as well as in letter later on, years later, of many things like the importance of, uh, of being secure in Christ and being aware of what sin is and being aware of Satan, to pray, and um, Lots of other important things, as well as he urges here again and again the importance to always be alert. Being spiritually alert is something that God expects and wants us to do for our entire life. Being spiritually alert is like food or water or sleep. It's not like we could say at the beginning of September, well, the, the weatherman said, you know, August. Uh, what did they say? Uh, April through August was the, was the warmest on record for Texas ever. And it wouldn't be wise or healthy to say, you know, I'm going to save a little time and a little money this year. I'm not going to drink any water or sleep. I mean, that'll save us some time and some money. 
your water bill will be less. You, you, just, you can't do that with food or water or sleep. Food, water, and sleep are things you're going to have to look after every day. And it's the same thing spiritually. We can't just kind of like take a time out spiritually for a few months and say, well, you know, if you go to Costco and Walmart and some of the stores, they're already advertising Christmas, right? I mean, it's the holiday season. We're all happy, right? So, I mean, we can just tune out for, you know, September and October, November and December and, you know, January, February-ish. We can kind of plug back in spiritually. It doesn't work that way. Paul was a human being. He was connected to Jesus. He knew that. So he kept urging them again and again in this book to stay alert. Yes, pray, but as you pray, stay alert because the devil will do anything to make sure that you're not connected to Jesus and especially so you're not encouraging other people to stay connected or get connected. And Satan will go to great lengths to try and stop that connection. Vince was one of those such people. Vince's father was a minister. And uh, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because his dad was a minister, but for some reason, little Vince, as he was growing up, he thought, I want to be a pastor like my dad. Well, he took the, uh, the, the exam to get accepted into seminary to get his theology degree so he could be a pastor. He didn't pass it. He failed it. <clears throat> so they wouldn't let him in so he couldn't be a pastor. So he sold everything he had. He said, I'm going to go be a missionary. He sold everything he had, and he was, gonna, he was a missionary to the coal miners and their families in the area he lived. But he was so, so intense. His everybody's different. Some are more laid back. Some are kind of in the middle. And, and Vince, he was one of those intense people, and he just did everything 100%. And it was just a little too much for some of the people. So it wasn't long before they fired him from being a missionary, <clears throat> which is, you know, not typically easily done <laughs> to be fired as a missionary when you're doing it mainly for free. And so he, he followed biblical advice, and he said, well, I'm going to go home, regroup. <clears throat> As the Bible says, if they don't accept you, you've got to dust off your feet and, 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 you know, go to the next place. So he went home, and he's trying to figure out, you know, what's the next thing I should do? Because he really, he was a Christian. He really wanted to share Jesus with people. And grow himself, but he really wanted to share Jesus with people. So he's trying to think, what's the best way I can share Jesus and so he's at home thinking and praying about it. And after a lot of thought and prayer and time, he says, I've got the idea. I'm going to be a professional painter. Even today, people are like, oh, I mean, if you want to be a starving artist. I mean, there, there are certain things in life that, you know, pay more and some things pay less. And, and he, he thought, God wants me to be an artist. I'm going to paint. I mean, how could that not work? His family supported him. His family really liked the idea. And they were like, yeah, they're all behind him. You can do it. You can do it. And they even financially supported him. I mean, it seemed like he had all of his bases covered. His brother Theo owned an art store. So he could put his art in his brother's store for free. And um, seemed to have all of his bases covered. He, um, he, he, his inspiration and his motivation to paint were even good. 
His motivation and inspiration to paint was when he painted, he wanted people to see and understand and know God better. That was his motivation for painting. Some of his paintings were about God's character. Some was about you know, telling people like us Christians it's important to, to serve others. I mean, it just sounds so nice. The only challenge was no one liked his paintings. This is uh, one of the quotes from something he wrote. Um, to understand the real significance of what great artists tell us in their masterpieces that leads to God, some people write, some people preach, and other people paint. Meaning, you know, there's lots of ways to share Jesus. The Apostle Paul preached, and he wrote, and he taught, and uh, Vince thought, I'm going to paint. That's how I'll share Jesus. Except nobody liked his paintings. But he was so committed. He's like, man, I'm just going to keep painting what God's putting on my heart. He painted over 900 pictures. And it was about a 10-year stretch. He painted over 900 paintings. Oh, God's telling me this, and he's telling me that, and he just paints, and the next one he's painting again, another... And he did 900 paintings in 10 years, and not one sold. He'd go to his brother's store every day or every week or, you know, whatever it was, year after year. It's like, Theo, what, uh, so, how was it this week? What, what, what piece did they take this week? And the answer was the same, every day for 10 years. You imagine, some of our members are in mortgage. You imagine if you were in the mortgage business and you never sold one family a mortgage to their home in 10 years? Some of you are in the restaurant business. You imagine if you didn't have a single customer that you fed in 10 years? Or if you're in sales, because some of our people are in sales. Imagine if you're in sales and you never sold anything. I mean, nothing in 10 years. He sold no paintings in 10 years. Nothing. It was uh, quite discouraging <clears throat> that he sold nothing in 10 years. He um, was human. He started to get discouraged. It started affecting his prayer life a little bit. It started to affect his watchfulness a little bit. It started to affect his alertness a little bit. And as time passed, he just, his batteries got worn down a little bit. And he decided to check himself into a psychiatric hospital to try and get some help. Satan definitely didn't want him to stay connected to God, and Satan certainly didn't want him encouraging other people, which is one of the reasons Paul writes here in Ephesians 6, 18 and following, pray at all times in the Spirit. With all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for other people too. And for, Paul says, for me too, because I need continued prayers that God gives me words to say when I open my mouth, just like Vince needed God's help when he painted his paintings. So no matter what we do, we find creative, appropriate, balanced ways to share Jesus' death and resurrection, which is the gospel of which Paul says here that he's an ambassador 
He was literally in chains, as he says in verse 20. Satan tries to discourage everybody. As Paul puts here in verse 20, he's literally chained up to a Roman soldier as he's writing, trying to encourage others as he himself is in prison. At one point, Paul is shipwrecked. At one time in his life, a bunch of people who are trying to do God a favor were throwing literal rocks at him. So many rocks, they thought they'd killed him, and they were happy. This is a good day. We've, we've, We've killed him. We did God a service. What a weekend. Other times, Paul was beaten up physically and thrown out of many, many, many towns, imprisoned, lied about, persecuted, accused, imprisoned, and eventually they cut off his head because Satan didn't want him connected to God or try to encourage other people to be connected to God. You imagine if you were Noah, 120 years, God said, do this. He's put it on my heart. God, God said, go do this. And for 120 years, sharing an accurate, faithful, balanced, appropriate message, seven people followed him onto the boat. Seven. Seven. Some of you at work or at home or in your ministries here at church, you think, man, Oh, how many people come out to prayer meeting? And how many people came to Pathfinders last year? And boy, how many people are this? Or how many people? A hundred and... Most of us will never, ever, ever live 120 years. Noah was sharing a message for 120 years. Not lived. He shared a message for 120 years. And seven people said, okay. Moses... I mean, God conquered the most powerful military on the world, most educated at that time. They were slaves. God parted the Red Sea. He conquered the biggest, baddest military. According to the Bible, there's approximately a million people finally, fearfully marching out of Egypt. And when it was all said and done, 40 little years later, only two of the originals made it to the land of milk and honey. Two of the originals. And one of them wasn't even Moses. Jesus himself. You can read in the Gospels, the Gospel of John chapter 6. The Gospel of John chapter 6, verse 66. My professor used to make a joke. He said there's more than one 666. And this was a John 666. And it says that lots, I don't remember the exact wording, but depending on your translation, lots of disciples quit following Jesus. Because in John chapter 6, some of them were bragging about their, their ancestry and, and all. They were Jewish and they were remnant and they were third generation and all that kind of stuff that you've heard some people say as well. And all they were bragging about their heritage in the church and, and how, how they were related to Abraham and all. And they were, you know, their ancestors were part of the manna. And Jesus said, hey, hey, pump your brakes a little bit. I am that manna, and you're, you're not excited about Jesus. Who do you think was the manna falling down? It was me. And when the disciples heard this in John chapter 6, that's when many of them turned away. John chapter 6, verse 66. 
They were, they were fine. Oh, you don't just raise dead and, and help blind people see and deaf people hear and people with bad legs walk. You think you're God who lived in heaven and came down here. I get it. And they quit following. I just, I can't even imagine after 33 and a half years plus 40 days, I can't imagine living perfectly. I just, Jesus lived a life of perfection. Every way, shape, and form. Every way he was perfect. As well as doing just magical miracles. And after 33 and a half years of perfection, he had less people in the upper room than we have sitting here today. He had 120 people in the upper room after 33 years of perfection. There's more than that sitting here today. And none of us are perfect. And only about 120 people were up there. And you know what his great masterpiece was? His great masterpiece was, I think I'll die. The remnant, the educated, the wealthy, the poor, even his followers, nobody, nobody wanted to buy that painting. God's grand masterpiece is you're going to die? That was his masterpiece. And the few who were left, Satan went into overdrive trying to, how can I discourage the, those who are left? That's, how can I kick them when they're down? Their Jesus died, how can I make it any worse? And they were hiding. They were hiding in the upper room. Vince was one of those people. Vince was one of those people Satan was trying to discourage. Because Satan likes to discourage everybody. King David, he thought, well, I'm just going to take a little time off as my, as my soldiers are out battling the enemy. I'll just take a little time off. And he never quite recovered. And Vince was in a, a tough place. And Vince thought he would take a little time off and it was tough for him. Ephesians 2 verse 10. Ephesians 2 verse 10. Paul writes in chapter 2 verse 10, we are God's workmanship created in Christ for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Saint tried to Discourage Vince as well. He, as I said, in 10 years, he never sold a single painting. <laughs> but finally, he sold one. I think it's uh, in the, the next slide there is a picture of it. <clears throat> Somehow, I was able, not that one, through a variety of different pictures here. It's the, that, that one there. He sold that one. That was, nope, nope, back again. <laughs> that was the only picture he'd sold. It was, it was, it took 12 years to sell his first picture. 12 years. 
And he, he sold this one, I think it's called Red Vineyard. He sold it seven months before he was killed. Someone came into his apartment and shot him in the chest and killed him. Apparently Satan wasn't able to discourage him enough to quit. And Satan didn't like that he was trying to encourage other people because Vince, his motive, as I read, his motive was to try, and he was not perfect like we're not, but his motive was to try and share Jesus through his paintings. Because as we read in Ephesians 2.10, we're all God's masterpiece. God is trying to work through all of us to reveal himself. And, and Vince thought, man, the best way for him to do it was through painting. And Satan didn't like it. And so he found a way through year after year of trying to find people to get them to discourage Vince. And it, it, it made him stumble, but he didn't quit. So he kept painting. He actually sold one, and Satan thought, well, we really got to stop this before this starts going anywhere. So he had someone come into his apartment and shoot him. Initially, there were some people who thought that maybe it was suicide, but as scholars look into it more, it wasn't because when you shoot yourself in the chest and die, you don't, you know I mean, there was no gun. You don't have time to, like, come back to life and go hide the gun outside your apartment and, and, and things like that. The very day before, the very night before, he wrote a letter to his brother showing signs of what's next and all these other things, nothing to do with wanting to end his life or die, as well as he's a Christian and realize life is complicated, and some people who are Christians do that, but that's very uncommon for Christians to commit suicide. And so that really wasn't the case uh, as it was with, with Vince. And instead, when he was at his lowest, before he died, maybe when he was at his lowest, he was in a hospital that he checked himself into. And uh, he was in this hospital, and he did something very common that, that I would be very comfortable saying 100% of us have done. He was in the hospital, and he was, it was at night, and he was looking out the window, and he saw something very basic that I've seen, you've seen, I, I've even, I'm not an artist, um, but I've even drawn it. I, I'm, I'm sure that you've done the same. I know my kids have, my wife have. I'm sure all of you have done the same. How many of you have ever seen stars? You ever seen stars at night? Have you ever, as an adult or a kid, written a star on a piece of paper? Yeah, we've written stars. Just, yeah, Nathan, it's fun to write stars, isn't it? <laughs> but when we're, when we're in God's hand... He can turn some of you into amazing coal porters. He can turn other people into amazing salespeople, some people into amazing computer people, some into amazing salespeople. He turned Vince into an amazing artist. As Vincent was looking out his window in the hospital, I believe it was France, in Vincent van Gogh, as he looked out his hospital window, he just saw this. He saw stars. And he thought, well, that's cool. Who, who is it that makes all the stars? Who has all the power and all the creativity? And it's so amazing. God does. I'm going to draw this to, to help people see how amazing God is. And so Vincent van Gogh, a Christian, thought he'd draw this to encourage people about how creative and powerful God is at his lowest point. That's Vincent van Gogh's most famous piece, as far as I know called Starry Night. He, he, his other pieces are also now, not then, 
people, when Vincent van Gogh was alive, they'd laugh at him. They laughed at van Gogh because he was trying to draw pictures that showed Jesus. You imagine how people would laugh at you if you tried to share Jesus at your work? Even as parents, sometimes our little kids, because they're kids. Oh, mom, you're just saying that because you're a Christian and it's Jesus. And well, yeah, hello, yeah. It's amazing when we try to share Jesus how many places and times we get roadblocks. Vincent van Gogh was trying to share Jesus through his art that affected his income because he sold one painting in 12 years and he died at the early age of 37. And I can imagine some of you are thinking here or online, you'd be thinking, man, if I really took Jesus more seriously, that affect what I did for work, Pastor Mark. Yeah. That's uncomfortable. Yep, it was for Vincent van Gogh. It is for me too and I switched my career. I don't know if I can do that. Well, I don't know. Think of the big picture. When Jesus comes again, and, and what kind of things do you want rolling through your mind then? Oh, man, I missed out on eternal life because I thought, man, this job was pretty cool. I was making six figures. In heaven, I would dare say, respectfully, people will laugh looking back as they're in heaven thinking, oh, my word, we, we, were, we were hung up on six figures. Ooh, we get to live in free houses and free food for eternity, and we were hung up on what? It's like we weren't even thinking clearly. I hope you make seven figures. I'm, I hope you make eight figures. But if what we're doing gets in the way of having Jesus in me and through me, you might want to wake up, as Paul says here, and be alert. Eternity's free. God doesn't need our money, and eternity's a long time. Vincent van Gogh, <coughs> he had lots of famous paintings that we think are all fancy now. He had uh, this one called Starry Night to show God as this creative, amazing God. Another one called Sunflower, which is very famous to show God's creative power. Irises, to show God's famous creative power. Other ones showing what Christians should do in serving others called the Good Samaritan or raising Lazarus or the sower, the sheaf binder. He had lots of fancy paintings. His motivation was to share Jesus a lot of people don't know that. Vincent van Gogh, famous painter. Not perfect, but his motivation for painting these things was to be sharing God with people because they wouldn't let him be a pastor. They wouldn't let him be a missionary. He thought, I guess I'll paint. And during his life, people are like, oh, they laughed. at Oh, these are ridiculous. An art, you're not an artist. And people didn't realize then or now that he's trying to share Jesus through his own uniqueness. Because we're all unique, imperfect as we are. And there's things that God can do through you and you and you 
just like he did through Vincent, that he's not doing through anybody else. They're originals. And not only was he trying to share Jesus through paintings, he actually was, he sent people letters trying to encourage them as well about Jesus. You can go to the next slide. This is a quote from something he wrote somebody. This is Vincent van Gogh, a quote that he sent somebody. Because he also tried to write letters to encourage people in Jesus. Who knew? Van Gogh. Quote, Christ alone has affirmed eternal life. This is Vincent van Gogh. Christ alone has affirmed eternal life is the most important certainty. Wow. He lived serenely, peacefully, as an artist greater than all artists, scorning marble, clay, and paint, working in living flesh, meaning God's greatest masterpiece was the cross. And what's his next best masterpiece? Trying to paint something awesome in you. In you. And what did people do with Vincent van Gogh when he was alive? They laughed. They said, oh, my word, another painting from van Gogh. Yeah, this, this is going to be worth something. <laughs> yeah, this is what people will say when we finally get to heaven. What was Patrick thinking? Oh, my word. I don't know what, I don't know what got into sushi. I mean, oh, my, we, we tried talking to him. And then later, the joke's on them because in 1987, one of Van Gogh, one, one, one of Van Gogh's silly little paintings about Jesus. Where is it out here? I want to make sure I get it right. In 1987, I believe it was, 132 years later, after they laughed at him, he died in 1890, 132 years later, we still know of Vincent Van Gogh. Can you name five other people making paintings back in the 1800s? Not too many. They laughed at him for trying to share Jesus. Now the joke's on them. We know Van Gogh. Not only do you know who Van Gogh is, all these years later, in 1987, uh, his picture, Irises, which is this one here, which is also super famous, this broke all the records when it sold for $54 million dollars back in 1987. Then it was the highest price ever paid for a single painting. If that wasn't enough, three years later in 1990, a different painting, it's, it's French, so I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right, but the next slide here. This is Dr. Gachet, is how I pronounce it. Anyway, this painting of his sold for $83 million. Also at that time, the highest price for any painting at any time in history. Not bad for something and someone who is trying to share Jesus. And people laughed at him. I bet, because I'm human, I bet with tremendous certainty, with tremendous certain, certainty, all of you here and all of you watching, including myself, we've all had way too many moments in life where the Holy Spirit said, hey, what, what I'd really like to do through you is let's do this or let's say this. And too many of us have way too many times when we're willing to listen to other voices. Oh, man, what would they say? They might laugh. They might not like it. They might raise their voice. They, 
oh, there's different ways of wording it, but, but God basically says, hey, let's try this. And there's too many voices saying, no, no. God told Vincent van Gogh, hey, let's paint. We got enough pastors talking. We got enough missionaries helping the coal mine. Let's paint. God likes to do fun stuff. Look in Genesis when he created in those six days. Like, give me a mountain range. Give me ocean. I want some slippery things playing in the water. Let's call them fish and salmon and whales and sharks. And let's have some things flying through the air because kids love things that fly. We'll call them birds and eagles. And it, it just, uh, we'll make a man and a woman. And God just made stuff because it's fun. And he got a hold of Van Gogh and he said, hey, let's just paint. Let's just paint for a while. I don't know if I'll make a... Hey, I'll just paint. I just want you to paint about God. I'm not perfect, Lord. I've got some. If they read some of those other pages about me, I'm not perfect. Hey, just, just let me worry about that. I just want you to paint. And I, I know God is asking you to do some stuff. Because that's what God does. And life is a combination of, what are you listening to? <clears throat> are, you, are, are we continually being prayerful and, alone, prayerful and alert, listening to God? And say, God wants me to do this. Okay, okay. well, there's consequences. There's always consequences. And, and the biggest one that we often forget is, you might want to listen to God. He's eternal and he knows what's coming in the future. Of course, there's consequences, which is why we should listen to God. Oh, but there's other consequences. Yeah, but they pale in comparison to God, who's perfect, who knows everything, who can take care of you, who knows the future and has eternity planned for you. So, oh, Pastor Mark, but oh, Van Gogh, he got discouraged sometimes. I'd rather be discouraged for Jesus then be discouraged because I'm not listening to him. Oh, you just told us, Pastor, he was shot. He sure was. But guess what? If my understanding is correct, if God is the judge, he accepted Jesus. He'll live forever. I think he'll get over being shot at 37. Horrible. Terrible. I wouldn't wish bad stuff on anybody. But when he's living for eternity, he's going to be real glad, thinking, man, I was kind of wondering there around year 12, Lord, when it's like I like sold like one picture. <laughs> I was wondering how this was going to go. I mean, I wasn't selling anything, and now he's in heaven. He's like, who knew I'd be the, one of the most famous painters in the world? You name the land, the language, the country, millions of dollars. You're right, God. Everybody in heaven, it doesn't matter, doesn't matter how angry, how divisive you are here. If you get to heaven, everybody will agree on this simple thing. You were right, God. And all the different things that God asks everybody to do, when we get to heaven, we're all going to say, you were right. Every, every time. With everybody, it's different. Some of you have been baptized, so you listened. Praise the Lord. Some of you, God keeps telling you, hey, you know, I do want you to get baptized. And you're kind of thinking, well, plan C is nice. And God's telling different people different things. 
about baptism, what you do with your money, what you do with your weekends, what you do with dating, what you do with this, what you all kinds of stuff. God's telling each of you stuff. Paul is encouraging us here in the Ephesians. Ephesians 6, verse 18 to 20. Pray. Keep praying in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Keep alert. Keep alert. Persevere. Pray for others. Paul even said in verse 19, pray for me that I may have the words that God keeps giving me words to share when I proclaim the gospel for which I'm an ambassador. And he was literally chained and imprisoned as he was declaring it boldly. As Paul winds down his letter to the Ephesians, he's pleading with them as I'm pleading with you. Be alert. It's never a good time to not eat or not sleep for a whole month. It's never a good time to just kind of not be alert to Jesus. Satan is looking for a moment where he can make life even worse and disconnect you even more from Jesus. So we need to stay alert. It is so important to be alert. There's a lot of ways to share God, Bible studies, singing. Moms and dads do it a ton. I think they miss, they don't realize a lot of times the stuff they're doing is so helpful to the kids and what they do that's showing Jesus. Lots of ways to do it. Uh, our church is starting a new ministry where we're handing out food to people, clothing. There's lots of ways to help people. Van Gogh did it through paintings. The, the ways to, to share God are endless. Even in business, one of the most profound ways, and I'm not trying to pick on business people, but one of the most profound ways to share Jesus is even at work. And there's many, many, again, many ways to do it, but one of the ways to do it is just simply be ethical, be moral, do good business, treat people right. There's many ways to share. But as Christians, as Paul is telling us here, be alert. Don't be naive. Don't spiritually fall asleep. Be alert. Remember and realize Satan is coming for you. Many times we're aware of it. Sometimes we kind of get distracted. Satan is not distracted. He knows if you hang on to Jesus, you will be happy for eternity. He will do anything to stop that. So you don't go to eternity happy and you don't encourage other people to do it. Knowing that Satan doesn't need sleep. Satan doesn't need to eat. He has an advantage. But we have an advantage he has chosen not to exercise anymore and that is Jesus. If we keep praying and we're alert, we'll be fine. And so Paul ends his letter urging them, urging them to pray and stay alert.